Mosh Pits. All right, it's Thursday, and you are listening to the only podcast that is scientifically proven to have a co-host forsaken by God. Days of the New. I am Kevin, and I am not joined by my co-host, Nick, because after a week of traveling, Nick spent 48 hours delayed in the D.C. airport trying to get home to Vegas, and when he finally got home, he tested positive for COVID. So uh, he uh, texted me. He's just like, I am in hell. Here's my positive COVID test. I have a uh, fever of 103, and I've lost my voice. Well, at least one thing went positive. As you may have been able to tell already, I am joined by friend of the show, Mogan Brown. You may remember Mogan from such episodes as Ramstein's Weird Sex Store and Crazy Town. Yes. Mogan, how are you, man? I'm I'm tired. I got roped into working 18-hour day in 24 hours. Literally, the job I was doing, I left. When I left this morning, I saw the same woman walking her dog who I saw walking her dog when I showed up to the job site. Good God. Yeah. She had a Pomeranian with a uh, tail dyed green. And I was just like, hey, I remember that. (laughs) Well, you know, if uh, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Isn't isn't that what they say? Yeah. And if you uh, are miserable, you realize uh, you blew off college. (laughs) Well, Mogan, I do appreciate you taking the remaining uh, hours of your day to talk about the subject we're going to talk about today, movies. And I think you probably are the biggest lover of film that I know personally. I, I, I think the, the last time I saw you in Chicago in person, you were, you were like, hey, come on over, have a beer, check out my Laserdisc collection. <laughs> I do. I own laser discs. I have the fancy things that I like uh, when we go on vacation as a kid, it'd be like, ooh, those deluxe things of the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So you are probably the person most qualified to speak on the subject we're going to talk about today. We're here to debate what is the most new metal movie? Yeah, that that's right. What is what is the defining film of the genre? What is the Saturday Night Fever? Of, of new metal what is the belly of the of the jenko set it's a good question when you pitched this idea i was like holy shit what what is it because there's a couple kind of obvious ones but then really like what embodies the spirit of it so to really foster and facilitate uh spirited debate here we need to set some guardrails so for the purposes of this podcast the films that we are talking about have to have had a theatrical release between the years of 1996 and 2003. When it comes to the issue of soundtracks, the presence of new metal will be factored into the final decision, but it is not the defining factor. There's a lot to consider. Does it embody the spirit of it? Or, you know, just having a dope new metal soundtrack does not a new metal movie make. Uh, what were some of the other? rules that we decided on there are a few rules out there one of them was uh yeah you said this must be a uh, a uh, mainstream uh theatrically released film you specifically said none of that independent bullshit or foreign foreign type film well, I, I threw that in because you you of all people would be like there was a 1997 canadian film starring a then unheard of blah 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 uh-huh. that yeah you would do that 
you're yeah, probably still well, going to do that. Should I should I give you my first pick then? Okay, so what we're going to do here is we are going to give our top three new metal films, and then for our fourth selection, what is the new metal film? Uh, Mogan, you you are our guest of honor, so please take it away. Tu vois, il y a un barème quand tu laisses un corps, c'est-à-dire tu fais trois fois son poids. Normalement, un homme moyen, comme cette victime-ci, c'est trois fois son poids. Mais sinon, par exemple, ça change. Hein, tu as pour les enfants ou pour les nains, ça change. Pour un enfant, est, il est plus léger, un enfant. C'est deux fois son poids. C'est quatre fois son poids. Comment? What the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I kind of went completely against those guidelines. That is a uh, Belgian film from 1992. Its uh, English title is Man Bites Dog. It is currently streaming on the Criterion channel. And it's basically a faux documentary uh, about a serial killer. Okay, so right out the gate, you just said, fuck all the rules, which... Which is new metal, kind, new metal, new metal, fuck all the rules. I don't like it, but God damn it, I respect it. To me, like when we said, like, what's a new metal film? I thought of the type of shit that, like, you know, Jonathan Davis is going to show a first date to, like, <laughs> freak the fuck out of her. Like, it's it's definitely that kind of movie. It's obscure and it's disgusting and provocative, yet completely artistic. And it's, like, exactly the type of shit, you know, a 19-year-old who thinks he's edgy is going to totally be into. Huh. Myself. My personal history with the film was... uh on a church retreat in 1995, some older kids were telling me about uh, uh, Faces of Death movies. And someone Ooh, yeah. brought brought this film up, but under the context that it was real. Um, <laughs> it is not. And it's one of those, like, when you see it when you're 20 and 9-11 uh, hasn't happened yet, you're like, oh, man, this is like, this is proto-Tarantino, man. This is awesome. It's and like the you, Belgian Blair Witch. Kind of. Except you actually do see things a lot less standing in corners. <laughs> it's just completely dry. It literally follows a, you know, Mr. Bean meets uh, Roberto Benini, like uh, that type of charismatic individual as he like gives people a tour of, you know, like Brussels or Antwerp or wherever he is. I don't think they ever say, but he like tells them like how easy it is to kill people and how he can like make a living by like murdering old people and finding their money. But then I think he's also a mailman or maybe I, maybe he pretends to be a mailman as a way to kill people. Anyways, it's totally just one of those like cult disgusting films that only a 17 year old boy would think is amazing, which okay. it was like the perfect new metal movie. So that's that's my number three man bites dog. All right. So my number three. It's another time. It's another world. And another has been chosen. Yeah, buddy. Iggy Pop on a motorcycle. <laughs> that's that's your Iggy Pop? Yes. So uh, that was The Crow, City of Angels. It is the 1996 sequel to The Crow. Damn right it is. Yeah, and the film that tanked the whole franchise. Edward Furlong may beg to differ, but 
<laughs> yeah, it banished the follow-up films uh, to direct-to-video hell, and it also robbed us of the chance to ever bear witness to Rob Zombie's The Crow 2037. Are you, are you foreshadowing something? I, I might be. I might be. Is that what they call it in the film biz? Stay tuned, listener. <laughs> so... The new metal presence here is thin, but we do get exclusive tracks from Filter, Corn, White Zombie, and arguably my favorite early era Deftone song, Teething. They're, they're in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So in the part where... Uh, full dreads. Everyone has dreads. Your Deftones, dreadtones, baby. Yeah, yeah. No, the Deftones get a very quick... You kind of like see a shell to Adidas stamping up and down and like shaky dreadlocks. It's during one of the big action scenes. Someone yells something about Flat Earth at the seven-string guitar. <laughs> oh, ow. Uh, the film itself, it's moody and sapia-toned, and I quite like the overall look. And while the Crow franchise overall has like a waft of new metal, the film itself really doesn't. And there's nothing less new metal than Iggy Pop. Uh, he's on the complete other end of this yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think for the year that it came out, and uh, I think the soundtrack weighs heavily in favor of it, and you know, just kind of like you got the, future uh, Marilyn Manson upstager Courtney Love covering uh, Fleetwood Mac there on the uh, on the trailer. You sure do. Uh, other uh, bands on the soundtrack include PJ Harvey, um, Linda Perry. What's up? Yeah, I love her, dude. Her solo shit's great. Uh, you've got Tricky with The Gravediggers, mm. and yeah, uh, it's it's overall, it's a great soundtrack, and I think like 96, if this would have been made maybe two years later, it would be nothing but new metal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fred Durst would be all over that. Executive produced by oh. Fred Durst. All right, so that's my number three. Mogan, back to you. My number two. Now, your mama told me what happened to you yesterday. How the hell are you going to get fired? On your day off. Damn! Look, look, she bending over. I'm Miss Parker. Hi, boy. Miss Parker just don't know. Come here. What's up, Big Pine? I mean, Big Wine? If you ain't got my money, I'm killing you and him. You don't drag me into this? I'm used to stealing. Get in and get out. Stuff. You want me to ask for my bike back? What bike? The one I let you use a couple of weeks ago. That bike. All right, walk me through this. Um, this choice was made uh, solely on the fact that in uh, his episode of Cribs, our boy uh, Fieldy from uh, Fieldy's Dreams says he forces his family to watch the film at least once a day. I think we put this on almost every day, Friday, until the next Friday comes up. Well, we're done looking at the dog's crib. Is he actually wearing a next Friday shirt? Oh, yeah, and this was like a year before next Friday came out. Because, you know, he's got his ear to the streets. I guess. He must have have invested in that. Oh, our boy Reggie. Yeah, dude, he... Family Values with Ice Cube. Could you imagine just like, Dad, Dad, can I watch Dora the Explorer? No. <laughs> no, we're going to watch Friday. <laughs> just sit down. I'm going to drink five Coors Lights. We're going to watch Friday. <laughs> Smoke this meth. Let me just uh, let me just hit this meth pipe and uh, put my uh, clicky bass sound on my shoulder. And then we're going to watch Friday. 
All right, so for my number two, I present you the following. Welcome to the real world. So you're here to save the world. So what do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. No one has ever done anything like this. That's why it's going to work. Buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy. Because Kansas is going bye-bye. It would not be a new metal film discussion without The Matrix. And personally, I kind of think it's a lazy layup. Like, is it new metal? Yes, of course it is. And the soundtrack, we get Marilyn Manson, Deftones, Ramstein, Rage Against the Machine, and Rob Zombie. Is it the new metal movie? No. And I, I say this with all the love in my heart, but new metal is dumb. And this franchise requires way too much thought. Like, it uses the word ergo. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, you, did you do when the, uh, that new one came out? Did you rewatch all three of them? Hell yeah, I did. Yeah. The second, the, the, the second two. Oof. I have to say the name of my brother, Wadita. Yeah, <laughs> did I ever tell you that I saw, the, I saw the Matrix in theater the night it came out instead of seen this band i had just heard about called jimmy e world play uh on the clarity tour mm. um do i regret it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember uh seeing this on opening night as well and uh afterwards i went into you know the bathroom of the movie theater and the local bouncer at our rock club ziggy's was in there and we were the only two people in there and he was like splashing his face with water and like taking the brown paper towels and just like wiping it all over himself. And then he just looks at me and he goes, what the fuck, man? Like it, that movie broke him. Wow. Yeah. So the Matrix will usually get looped into this because of the soundtrack and because, of course, this was of what happened two weeks after the film was released. Yeah. So it's it's still going on a lot, to, but not as much. This was the original. Well, what kind of movies were they watching after a school shooting? Again, it's it's a good movie, but is it a new metal movie? Yeah, but not the one. It's not the it's, definitive. It's, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely new metal, but. Yeah. All right, hit me. There's a world beyond the one we know where the powers of darkness fear nothing but one man. We represent the ruling body of the Vampire Nation. They're offering you a truce. They want to meet with you. You sure about this? They'll take us in deeper than we've ever been. Now, those he has sworn to kill need his help to fight a new breed of terror. Hell yes. Hell, Hell yeah. yes. Man, I forgot Ron Perlman and Norman Reedus were in this shit. Oh, yeah, man. Blade 2. Okay, so Blade did not make my list because... The they take the Judgment Night formula, mm -hmm. but it's mostly rap and techno that you're getting throughout uh, all three of these films. Uh huh. Is is so the the soundtrack for Blade Two is 
li- like literally curated. It is like Judgment Night, but instead of a rock band, it's it's a it's a rapper and a DJ. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you know, an ED, I don't know, EDM, whatever. I picked this one over Blade One because Blade One is uh, good, and um, this one is uh, pretty trashy. Uh, but uh, it's very, it's you know, <laughs> so many of those same like it's Guillermo del Toro's. Uh, I think it's his English. No, he he he'd done a couple of movies before that in uh, in America. But, he did uh, Pan's Labyrinth before this, right? Well, no, he did at that. No, that was after. Um, but you know, he'd done. Uh, think this movie mimic or something but anyways oh yeah mimic yeah um and i uh i've been listening to a podcast about ain't it cool news like kind of exposing how uh harry knowles is a piece of shit for our listeners who don't know who harry harry knowles is Uh because that's kind of a deep cut would you can you uh harry knowles is kind of an original internet edgelord he had this website called ain't it cool news which was kind of the original um like movie preview gossip website or at mm-hmm. least the premier one um he's morbidly obese and um had like a red neck beard thing going on um and anyways was always constantly priding himself on you know like having spies at movie studios and stuff and then like you know eventually actual like movie producers you know would get his opinion on stuff and anyways he lorded over that and it's come out in the last like five years or so and like during the me too movement that he's like a total piece of shit and he was like you know creeping on women and even been accused of sexual assault um amongst like the austin film community so his review of blade 2 which i he was even like around during production or something he compares he basically he says <laughs> i'll just read it it's yeah dis- you need to read it it's disgusting i don't want to read it uh in a recent slate.com uh, article the headline is the worst movie review ever written is still poisoning the air <laughs> his thesis is i believe i don't want to read this i do it I believe Guillermo del Toro eats pussy better than any man alive. Oh! Um, he says del Toro's film is, quote, the tongue, mouth, fingers, and lips of a lover, while the audience is the clit. Oh. It starts with long licks and those nose... Bu- I don't want... No, yeah, 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 yeah. It does... Yeah, man. I, no, there is, is he called- nothing like loving and intimate about this film in <laughs> any way shape or form part of the reason I, I, I like everyone watched everything on netflix during the pandemic and i rewatched this i you know when i finally saw it i remember being like i kind of didn't like that movie and then i rewatched it and i was like no i don't like this movie uh every character in this movie is just completely hostile to each other the the, the plot of the film is that you know blade the daywalker who is uh, half half human, half vampire? Mm-hmm. All of their strengths, none of the weaknesses, as stated mm-hmm. by Deacon Frost in the first movie, played by Stephen Dorff. Expertly played by Stephen Dorff. I love Blade One. Oh so God, much. yes! I keep wanting to just use Blade One as like an adjective of just like, <laughs> oh dude, Blade One, man. Like it's just one of those like you kind of forget about how like awesome, like you're kind of like is that a guilty pleasure and you're like no nah, no it also has one of the quotes that I use on a day to day basis oh would that be some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill you know it is do you know where that line actually came from I don't he got served uh, during production with <laughs> because he didn't pay his taxes and yeah. his his just 
someone heard him say upon reading that he was, you know, being sued by the U.S. government for not paying his taxes, he muttered to himself, some motherfuckers I was trying to ice skate a pill. And they're like, um, can you say that in the movie today, please? Thank and, God. Thank God he did. Thank God he didn't pay his taxes. Yeah. Uh, so there's regular vampires, and then now there's like a super vampire. So mm-hmm. Blade has to team up with the regular vampires to fight the super vampires. There's like a team of vampires he meets up with who could totally be their own like version of Slipknot. Like there's like eight of them and they all have a cool name. It's like X Force or Deathblood or whatever. There's like there's like a big guy with face tattoos who has a hammer for some reason. Norman Reedus is there. Oh, Norman Reedus smokes weed and eats uh, Krispy Kreme donuts out of a FedEx box, and then he betrays Blade, and so Blade makes him explode. Um, and then they all hate each other, and him and uh, Ron Perlman are pointing guns at each other in the face the like whole constantly, time. Constantly, constantly. Uh, yeah, so then they all like go to a nightclub to fight the super vampires, and then they like all their heads explode and stuff, and like they, they all got cool trench coats and shit. That is very new metal. Oh, so, and then like I think in the first one, but especially in this one, like during the fight scenes, there's like record scratches and shit. And- yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, let's keep the vampire train going for my. Number three. All she wants is hell on earth. <laughs> we must fight a cash. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Queen of the Damned is the definitive new metal soundtrack. And if we judged it on that merit alone, it would win hands down. And we'll be getting to the Queen of the Damned movie and soundtrack next season. Trust me. (laughs) But holy hell, this movie is bad. It's uh, it looks bad. Oh God, have you ever seen it? No. Do you know what it's about? Yes. Okay. It's the, it's the Anne Rice. Uh, this is the follow-up to Interview with the Vampire, which was yeah. directed by Neil Jordan, director of um the Crying Game, like kind of kind of classy, edgy British stuff, starring Tom Cruise mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt and Antonio Banderas. Yes. And, um, this looks like the opposite of that. Yeah, so this is a direct sequel to Interview with the Vampire, uh, where the character of Lestat decides that he is going to be a rock star. (laughs) And, uh, you know, obviously Tom Cruise and every other original actor said hell no to returning. So they replaced Tom Cruise with an Australian actor named Matthew Newton. And I just want to read the first paragraph of his Wikipedia, the first thing you see when you pull up Matthew Newton. Matthew Joseph Newton is an Australian actor, writer, and director, and son of TV personalities Bert and Patty Newton. His acting career was interrupted by treatment in a psychiatric unit for bipolar disorder and several (laughs) incidents of domestic violence and assault, which were widely reported in the Australian media. Newton has relocated to New York City, where he is now based, and has resumed his directing and acting career. And then, 
there's a whole section just called controversies and it's labeled by year and it's so long. So does this mean he's been cast as the new flash? (laughs) I saw this movie in the theater and uh, look, my buddy will had, uh, he called me up and he's like, my girlfriend just broke up with me. I was like, man, that fucking sucks. Let's go see a movie. And I took her to go see Queen of the Damned, and uh, I, I don't think that was the best thing I could have done for him. I remember many moons ago, I was going through some shit, and you were like, you know what you need? You need a stiff breakfast cocktail and some bad movies. Here's the uh, From Dust Till Dawn sequel box set. <laughs> That's right. It, it did help. It did help. Texas blood money, baby. Oh, my God. That must be my M.O. Like, yeah. hey, I heard you're going through some shit. How about we get a little get a little sideways and... Uh, It's definitely a love language of hers. I suppose so. The entire soundtrack of this, if you don't know anything about it, is uh, because he decides he's going to be a rock star, they needed like music for him to perform at, you know, his concerts. So you've got Chester Bennington, Wayne Static, David Draymond, Jade Gordon, and Jonathan Davis all writing songs with lyrics that kind of sort of sound like a 2000 year old vampire would sing. And then he just does like karaoke to them in the film. So it's, it's like in the movie, yeah, it's like, I am the vampire. I'm 400 years old. Take a listen to my song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Is that how it rolls? Actually, that would make it a great movie. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the songs out here suck. It's like new metal artists like doing their best to be Depeche Mode or to be in, a, in excess. Yeah, I, I would say yeah. I would say it's all those guys. Like, if you got all those new Mel guys together and said, like, write an in excess cover song, that's yeah. what this would Thank be. Thank God they didn't call Chino. <laughs> Thank God. Well, uh, and I, I, I mean that out of respect for Chino. <laughs> like, the one new metal guy who could actually pull that off. Yeah. Oh, thank uh, God. That, yeah, yeah. Change in the House of Flies, I believe, is in here, but it's not like him. It, yeah, no, Chino did not uh, do anything. It's like an arbitrary. Like, yeah. 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 All right. It's so, a placeholder that they forgot was a placeholder. Exactly. I feel like that's a lot of movies at this time. All right, Mogan. What is the definitive new metal movie? Brainwashed, lobotomized, programmed. You signed me up for the program. Disturbing behavior. This one almost made my list, but when I looked at it, I just uh, the soundtrack. There weren't enough points to get it over the edge, and I looked at all these films. I looked at the screams, the faculty, disturbing behavior. There's such a rich cornucopia of these movies from that era, but I didn't feel like any of them hit the new metal mark. So, Mogan, walk me me through it. See, for me, it hits all the points of what new metal is to me, the alienation, the fuck society, you know, you all think you're better than me type shit, you know, like, we're the artists, we're the creatives. Also, part of it was the fact that new metal music is more or less missing from the soundtrack. You know, both Limp Biscuit and Korn are, you know, they're like, you know, what we're actually really into. We are into Depeche Mode. We are into The Cure. We're into other stuff that's not new metal, which kind of made it, you know, more new metal. 
it does have its own soundtrack that is the most like 1998 thing ever. You got your funk junkies. Oh. You got your treble charger. Um, do you remember the band The Flies? Yes. Were they named after the sunglass brand? Their family owns a sunglass brand? These guys had the best summer doing the radio festival circuit before never doing anything again. Fun fact, I saw them play. Shut up. Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, Christmas of 98, uh, I was home from college and a friend of mine, uh, he won tickets from the local radio station and we weren't doing anything. And like, this is like December 27th or something, you know, when they played this song in the set, they kept talking about what a rad song it was. Like they were DJing someone else's music. <laughs> and I remember them saying like, this is one of those songs. It's so good. Like, come on, Eileen. That was like what they compared it to. And then the best song in the set was they encored with crazy train. <laughs> and then we went home. Yeah. Yeah. And so did they never to be heard from again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Disturbing behavior. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, and then yeah, quick, uh, most people probably have no idea what this movie is. <laughs> it came out summer in 98. Mm -hmm. uh, it's basic James Marsden, who you may know as the Cyclops from, uh, the, uh, first three X-Men movies. Homeboy from Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, is he? Yeah. He was, he's also in, uh, he was on 30 rock is, uh, Liz Lemon's, uh, husband yeah he plays a teenager even though he's like 36 and um something he moves to a new town as one does and uh everyone in the town is like this like 1950s like uh hardy boys type uh cover model mm -hmm. like jocks and then it and then uh, katie holmes is the hot rocker chick uh, i remember she has a no effect sticker in her truck i was like that's pretty cool and then it turns out that uh someone's dad is like giving them like brain surgery to turn them all into like Stepford wife type folks. Yeah. People. Yeah. And then, they're, but they're all like coming to get you the, you know, uh, standout track though, uh, from the film as heard in the trailer that apparently wasn't in the film, but because it was in the trailer was put in the film, Harvey dangers, motherfucking flagpole sitter, yep. which is such a bop. Yep. Yep. Okay, so based on, uh, we are awarding no soundtrack points to Disturbing Behavior, but I would say the introspective idea of alienation and fuck the jocks mm -hmm. and uh, being trapped in a shitty small town and the brain in your pain being insane. Yes. All right, I'll allow it. The, the film, yeah, this the, the plot itself is the lyrics to a new metal song. Actually, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah I think you're spot on there. What do you got? How is she still standing? She isn't standing now. Resident Evil. You're all going to die down here. Boom. Resident Evil. That is, I thought a lot about this and it is the number one new metal movie because like new metal, it was supposed to flop and everybody, <laughs> and everybody laughed at it. Everybody laughed at it, but it found its people. It found its fan base and it proved everyone wrong. 
Resident Evil churned out five sequels that did huge numbers on the box office. And the bigger it got, the more people hated it. And the more people hated it, the more those hardcore fans were just into it. And those films got released all the way up until I think it was like 2018. Wasn't there one that came out this year? Or is that a so they, Yeah, they rebooted and that, that movie fucking sucked. Yeah, but ain't no reboot uh, without the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a Netflix uh, reboot coming. So we'll see how that goes. A but reboot the reboot or a, this yeah. is a side reboot? This is, I think this is a side reboot. Um, this is like the uh, deep impact to Armageddon of the reboot. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, Dante <laughs> speaks to the uh, White House down. Yeah. Uh, so Resident Evil obviously is based on the video game franchise that I would say 95% of our audience was super into at the same time they were into new metal. This is an energy drink given life. Oh, this yeah. is, and the soundtrack fucking slaps. You've got Slipknot, Marilyn Manson, remixed by Slipknot, Cold Chamber, Edema, Fear Factory, Static X, Ramstein, Il Nino, Mudvayne, Saliva, and 5.0. This is a new metal movie. Oh, well, so fun fact, bringing it back to Blade 2, now I mentioned when I eventually saw Blade 2, I went to go see Blade 2 opening night. All shows sold out. You know, it wasn't mm. sold out. Resident Evil. Yeah, saw the Resident Evil. In the, and I remember like people like the super gory murders and stuff that happened in the movie and people like cheering and you kind of be like, eh, I don't know if yeah. I like being in the same room as you people that get excited by that. But anyway, and this is everything about the culture of the time. You've got the new metal for some reason, even though it's not, it just feels like a first person shooter. Like it's just, it's got the zombie element, the, the military spec ops kind of thing going on without it being an army recruitment ad. It's just got huge Mountain Dew vibes coming oh, off yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. It's got the, this I is, haven't slept in several days. What's going on outside my window? Yeah. Yep. Yep. This is the one. This is the one. Uh, Great choice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I, Mogan, I knew when you came on the show that uh, it was going to be some inspired choices from you. <laughs> and it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thanks and, for uh, me on. And we will be back on our regularly scheduled program, providing God doesn't decide to just strike Nick dead. <laughs> uh, Mogan, thanks again, and we'll see y'all later. Take her easy.